You know, brothers and sisters, this is, uh, again, sometimes overwhelming at times for me, but it's important that uh, we get a chance to do what we do. This particular series that we're doing right now for such a time as this, I think is vitally important and vitally right on time for us to really get an understanding of what's going on. You know, one of the great things about what's happening is Satan is active, super active in society right now. And you can never kill a tree by pulling off leaves. You can pull off leaves all day long and another one will grow back. Satan is active right now in our society by having us concentrate and fight over unimportant concepts. We're fighting over the leaves on the tree, but never really able to get to what actually kills the tree. And that's killing the root. I need you to know that a lot of this stuff is based on the fact that somebody is trying to make sure that the word of God is not accepted as being truth. They want to be able to have an option or a different kind of view. I need you to know today, quit pulling at the leaves. Don't get involved in these silly little fights about nothing. We already know that all lives matter, but it's important for you to know that black lives matter because for a long period they didn't. But don't get involved in pulling on the leaf thinking that you have to defend the fact that all lives matter. We already know that to be a truth. There's a difference between rioters and protesters. Don't get involved in confusing all of those things and fighting over that. This whole idea is about something that is a construct created by man, and that's called racism. Racism is created by man. It's not a biblical thing, and we'll talk about that today. But I just wanted to make sure that we got the idea. Let's quit fighting over leaves. That makes no sense to me. Let's deal with the root and kill the root of this tree that has us divided and separated. Somebody say amen. Praise the Lord. Let's, let's do this. Now, there's a little paragraph for today. This is part three of the series for such a time as this. It says God's roadmap to equality is a misstatement because God never deviated from his original plan of equality. And I just want to talk about that for a second because it's important for us to get God never changed his mind about who it was he created. He never deviated from that. God knew exactly what he was doing. Now, our thing is we have to get back to realizing what did God do? What did God create? (laughs) You know, as as I talk about that, this goes back to what's being attacked. The word of God, the message of God and God himself is what's really being attacked. So what did God say about equality? What did God say about these particular things? Again, race is something man made. God never even deals with race in the Bible. He really doesn't unless it was a a chariot race. He doesn't deal with this thing that we have created. But, you know, so you'll know that's not my opinion. Let's go to the B-I-B-L-E. God's roadmap to equality. I figured we'd start at the end. We go to the book of Revelations and see what it says there. Then we'll go back to the book of Genesis where it began and see that there's been one solid line from creation to the return of Christ that speaks the same thing about equality from beginning to end. Does that sound like a good idea, y'all? 
So you got a second now to go get your notebook and a pencil and write down some of these scriptures so you'll be able to follow along or even call somebody and tell them to tune in to this live stream. Let's start with Revelations chapter 7. This is the last book in the Bible, and it is powerful. It's beautiful. It has a lot of symmetry and imagery in it. But this verse we're going to read today, there's no doubt exactly what it means <laughs> because it says it quite plainly. This is coming from the NLT or the New Living Translation. Follow along. It says, after this, starting at verse 7, I'm sorry, Revelation verse 7, starting at verse 9. Chapter 7, verse 9. It says, after this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count. A crowd that is too great to count. I seen them count a crowd the other day in Germany, 15,000 people. They counted those folks, man, the 15,000 of them. This crowd is too great to count. Listen closely. After this, I saw a vast crowd too great to count from every nation and tribe and people and language standing in front of the throne and before The lamb. They came from everywhere. Standing in front of the throne. Standing before the lamb. See, again, leaf pulling. We'll fight over donkeys and elephants when neither one of those are as important as the lamb. The lamb is the only thing that's going to be important. It's the only thing that is eternal. So quit fighting over leaves, man. Let's get back to the lamb because this is where everybody, everybody is going to stand one day. The second part of the verse is they were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hand. These are symbols of equality. They're all dressed alike. The white robes remove any kind of concept of skin color or skin tones. Any of that stuff is all removed and they're all equally carrying palm branches. This is a sign of equality. And they were shouting with a great roar, roar, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the lamb. This is how Revelation talks about a series of equality. Let's go back to Genesis, which is at the beginning of the Bible and tells us how God or what God did when he created us. Again, from the NLT translation, and we're going to go to Genesis chapter 1 and begin at verse 26. Y'all having fun yet? I know I am already. This is pretty good stuff. It says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. He made what? Human beings. I've said this before and I'll say it again. There's only one race. It's the human race. God said that he's going to make human beings in our image to be like us. If there was a paragraph B or a subsection or a lesser known people or a lesser group of people, the creator of heaven and earth would have spoken at this time. He would have said, okay, but listen to me. There's a subsection B. There's a subservient part of these people and this is who they are. But he didn't do that. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea. 
the birds in the sky, the livestock and all the wild animals on earth. He didn't say that they would reign over each other. He said they were going to reign over the fish, over, over the sea. That's what they're going to reign over, not each other. And the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image, in the image of God. He created them, male and female, he created them. So this image, this word image, can sometimes bring to our recollection something physical. But it's not physical because he created us as a spiritual being. The real you is the person that lives in this body. So the real you is what God created. He created that. Then he put us in the bottle, but body. But let me tell you about the body. All of us are black. Yeah, I know there's some folks squirming in their chairs right now. Why? Because all of this is about melanin. It's all, we all have melanin, all of us. It's just that I have been blessed with more than some of you. So, I mean, don't feel bad that you don't have as much as I do. It's okay. What I'm trying to get you to see is we're all created the same. The difference is, is the amount of melanin. We all have it. If you don't believe me, call your doctor. Ask them this question. Ask them, do you have melanin in your skin? I can prove it to you. When you go sit in the sun, what happens? You get darker because the the heat rays kind of hit on that melanin and make it darken up some. I need you to know we all have it. We cannot make determinations on one group of people, human beings, and try to separate them into different categories. God didn't do it in Genesis and he didn't do it in Revelations. Does this make sense to anybody today? Well, Pastor Ben, I disagree. Well, you can disagree with me all you want. I'm talking about the BLBLE. I'm talking about what the Bible says. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in the creator? Then the creator created all of us. All of us. I hope you're getting this today. It's important. Let's go to a book. Now, this again is how this thing maneuvers and it moves forward. We got this great apostle named Paul who's traveling the earth and he is sharing the word of God everywhere he's going. Paul has a concept. Paul has an idea because of his experience with Christ that opened up his mind, that opened up his heart. At one time, Paul was a very, very stout Jew who had no dealings with uh, Gentiles whatsoever. But somewhere along the road called Damascus, Paul had an experience with Jesus Christ that changed his view completely, completely changed his view. So now Paul is in Ephesus and he's walking around and he's looking at all of these different things. So let me read it because it reads better than I can talk it. This is in Acts chapter 17. We're starting at verse 22 and this is the amplified translation. Listen closely. So Paul was standing in the center of Areopagus, Mars Hill's meeting place, said, men of Athens, I perceive in every way, on every hand, and with every turn I make that you are most religious or very reverent to demons. 
Why did he say that? See, because all of these different gods rival the one God. So what happens is this is more demonic than it is biblical or religious. This is crazy. But hear me today. I know you may point at the people at Areopagus and say something is wrong with them. But whenever you elevate anything to the level of Christ, that it will guide your behavior more than the word of God does. Guess what you're doing? Yeah, you got a couple different statues going on. You got a couple different things that are rivaling God. What does God tell you? God doesn't teach hate. God doesn't teach division. God doesn't teach that. And if you are doing that, if you're going places that are teaching you that, then listen to me. You're building idols. This is what Paul is dealing with. I pray God this is making sense to you. Paul says, for as I pass along and carefully observe your objects of worship, I came upon, I came also upon an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Now, what you are already worshiping as unknown This I set forth to you. Again, the word of God doing its part in correcting our perceptions, doing our part in correcting our minds, giving us the right paradigm shift to take. I'm going to take you from this world where we have all of these things that we are actually worshiping. Just let me digress here a minute. I think it's important. Those of you who love superstitions and you practice superstitions with such great faith and tenacity. You have elevated something to the level of God that you give it power in your life. When God already told you he has a plan for you. And that plan is not to harm you, but to prosper you. But you'll listen to somebody read your palm. Or you'll listen to somebody who will deal out some cards and tell you something bad is going to happen. Or something good is going to happen. We have elevated some things to the level Of God, you have all of these altars that are operating in your life. And God is asking you, he's saying to you right now, put those things down. I need to explain to you what is unknown to you. And what's unknown to you is me. I need you to make me and put me on the throne of your heart. It says, the God who produced And formed the world and all things in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in handmade shrines. It blows my mind that somebody can sit in the back room and build something. And then take it out to the front of the building and have people kneel down to it. I'm going to tell you something else. God doesn't live in this building in which we are in right now. He doesn't live here. He lives in us. We give power and credence to this building. The building cannot do that for you. So don't say, I joined so-and-so church down on so-and-so corner. No, that's not what you did. This is not a club. This is the body of Christ. So again, 
Who are you praying to on your altar? Who are you giving your mind, your heart, your strength to? What concepts, what ideas have you actually bowed down to that they are actually ordering your steps when it is God who orders your steps? Let me read on. Neither is he served by human hands as though he lacked anything. For it is he himself who gives life and breath and all things to all people. We spend an extraordinary amount of time almost in our minds trying to protect God from people. When it is people God came for. If, if it was possible to protect God from people, we wouldn't have a relationship with God because we were knuckleheads ourselves. But you've got to know that each person that doesn't know him yet, he's the unknown God and it's up to us to reveal to them who this known God is. But we've got to know him ourselves first. Everybody that doesn't know Jesus is a potential Christian. I don't care what their mindset is right now. I don't care where they are. There was a time in my life where I cursed God. Guess what? You didn't have to protect God. God already knew who he was. It didn't matter how stupid I was or what I said that was stupid. God didn't have to defend himself from that. He knew who he was, but he also knew he loved me and he had mercy and grace for me to make him the known God, not the unknown one, but the known God. Is this making sense to you today? Now, why am I telling you this? See, God has already done all of this stuff. He's already laid out his plan. We're missing something here, but let me finish reading. And he made, hold on to something. And he made from one common origin, one source, one blood, all nations of men. Let me read it one more time because I need you to make sure you get it. And he, he being God, made from one common origin, one source, one blood, all nations of men to settle on the face of the earth. God never changed his plan. God always had a plan that was of equality. He knew what he was doing the whole time. How? Did we get here? How did we get in this place where we are making all of these determinations based on skin color, based on, quote, races of people? There's one common. There is nothing but the human race, and we have to learn it. But how does it start or where does it start? It starts with you. It starts with us. It starts with understanding what God did. Did he not create us all? We're all descendants of Adam and Eve. All of us. I said all of us are descendants of Adam and Eve. Now, if you have a problem with that, if you would like to say that you are a descendant of a chimpanzee or a gorilla or one of them things, I'm praying for you. <laughs> I care for you. But my forefather, my de- I am a descendant of Adam and Eve and then Noah and his family. This is God's plan. It's always been his plan of equality. Let me finish reading. Hopefully this is helping you. Having definitely determined their allotted periods of time 
and the fixed boundaries of their habitation, their settlements, lands, and abodes. So that they should do what? Seek God. That they should do what? Seek God. Remember, Paul is talking to these people who had all of these altars, and he's telling them about the one that says the unknown God. I need to ask a question today. Is God still unknown to you? Do you know this God who created all people from one, who gave them one blood? You know, scientific fact, again, you can go ask your doctor. Between every people on the planet Earth, there's less than 00.2% different in our DNA. Why? Because we're all one people. Oh, Pastor Ben, I don't believe that. Well, you don't have to believe me. Believe what the Bible says, but also believe what the doctor says. Go ask your doctor. They'll tell you. There is no such thing. You know, it was funny because back in the days, you know, prior, right after slavery, they would have the one-eighth rule. If you had one-eighth of, of, of black blood, you were considered, you know, not, not white. Think about how stupid that was. Because I just told you there's 0.0002% difference in everybody's blood. So you talked about one, that meant everybody, the guy who was trying the person that they were trying to prove that was black was the black person trying the black person to teach him the same. It's crazy. Does this make any sense to you? Then why in the world are we governing our lives on this insanity? When the Bible tells us who we're supposed to be. Well, I'm not done yet. It says so that they should do what? Seek God. In the hope that they might feel after him and find him, although, listen closely, he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Guess what? For those of you who have accepted our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you are a child of God. But hear me. Everybody on the planet who took breath, God is their creator. And God is making time for them to come to know him. He put that responsibility on the church, which we'll talk about next week, for us to be able to go ye therefore unto all the nations of the earth. To do what? Not to get these people to believe in our denomination, but to get the people to believe in him. I sure hope you all are hearing me today. But what am I saying again? Get back. Equality. Equality. From all, from one person. He created us all. Some of you mad right now. I ain't related to you. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. And it's okay because I'm not going to, it doesn't lower you. It doesn't take anything away from you. This is one family, the family of God. We're going to go to another verse. And I pray God that this is helping you today because that's what it's meant to do. Let's go to Galatians chapter three, Galatians chapter three. And we're going to also read this one from the Amplified Translation. And it says, Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. For in Christ Jesus, 
Some of you, no, it doesn't say that, does it? It says, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. How many of us? All of us. Now think about this, because if God created this thing, he would have had a different standard for, for different groupings of people, but he didn't. He had the same standard for everybody. So you cannot steal another person's freedom. You cannot steal their relationship with God. You can't do that because God fiercely protects his children. Let me read. For as many of you, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ, into a spiritual union, and a communion with Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, have put on, clothed yourselves with Christ. You leave that verse there for me for a second. For as many as you of you as were baptized into Christ, into a spiritual union and a communion with Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. Our baptism entered us into a relationship that really can't be broken because God has initiated it. But if we don't understand it, he's not far from us. He is not far. We may not understand just how close he is. And that's why it's incumbent upon the church to teach this truth. When you are baptized, baptism is an outward expression of an inward transformation based on your confession of belief that Christ is the child of God, the son of God, and you believe in him. Once that takes place, you die. The water represents you being buried in the ground. And then upon someone bringing you up, that means that you are now resurrected. Now, you know, when Jesus died, they put him in the tomb and the stone was rolled away. When Jesus came out of the tomb, he left the grave clothes in the tomb. He left the stuff that identified him before this transformation. He left them in the tomb. Baptism should have that kind of concept to you that once you are raised up, you are leaving all of your life grave clothes done. You're done with that way of life, that way of thinking. Jesus' transformation was so thorough that he walked with the people who walked with him before. They did not recognize him. There's a power in that image that his transformation was that complete that they could not even recognize him. It's when they finally heard his voice, they knew who he was. Our transformation should be the same. And I know it's progressive, but it should change. If you come up out of the water... And you're still hating people. You've missed your communion with Christ. (laughs) You've missed that transformation part. So sometimes we'll have more pride in the fact that we've been baptized instead of the fact that we've been baptized into Christ. We are supposed to be like him. Let me read on. Hopefully this is helping you today. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, into a spiritual union and communion with Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, have put on, clothed yourselves with Christ. There is now, right now, coming up out of the water, 
There is now no distinction, neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is not male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. This is God's plan. Say, how do we get from this craziness that we're in right now to receiving this? Some of us are going to have to understand that we really need to die because some of us didn't die in the baptismal pool. (laughs) Some of us just got up wet. And we're the exact same people when we went down and when we got back up. Some of us are in environments where we're not teaching this progressive change to accept what God says versus what man says. Is this helping you today? I pray God, man. I, it's so important for us to fight right now to get this. The creator of heaven and earth did not create races of people. The creator of heaven and earth did not create racism. The creator of heaven and earth did not create division. These are all man-made things. So, if we are caught up in this, there's only one entity on the planet earth that is supposed to fix what is broken. We, as the body of Christ become the bomb of Gilead. We become the medicine that the world needs, but we can't be medicine to the world until we apply that bomb to ourselves. Until we understand, I can't think like the world and change them. I can't think like the world and direct them to where they need to go. So I need to go myself first. Is this making sense to anybody? To understand God's plan God never deviated from his original plan because God never had to talk about equality. He already laid it in the earth in everything that he said and done. Hebrews chapter four, starting at verse 12. (laughs) Also from the Amplified translation, it says for the word that God speaks, the word that God speaks the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two edge sword. I need you to know something. We were created to react to words. We were created to act to things that would move us or motivate us. We were created to do that. Why did God put that in us? So we would be able to react to his word. But listen to me. If you don't really understand this, you will react to any word. And there are some of us who have reacted to words that are not alive. They're not active. They're not energizing. They're not of one. They are of division. They're of hate. And if you don't understand that, you've got to grasp this today. His word. His word. 
versus every other word. As Paul said to the, the Ephesians, this altar over and above all the other altars you have, this is the altar that you should be praying to. This is the God that we should be praying to, the one who created us all, made us all equal. Penetrating to the dividing line of the breadth of life, soul, and the immortal spirit. This is what that double-edged sword is able to cut through. And of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature. Exposing. Oh, I need y'all to know this today. Exposing. Listen, exposing. Exposing. We as human beings do our best to try to hide how we really feel. To hide what's really operating in us. But this verse is telling us that the word of God is sharper than any, uh, any double-edged sword. And it's going to cut between the bone and the marrow. It's going to cut between the soul and the spirit. It's going to expose us. What are we talking about? When pressure beats down upon us like it's happening in society right now, this pressure is pushing down on us. It's going to force whatever is in you to come out. The word of God says from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We are being exposed right now. Church, you first. (laughs) We're being exposed right now. Because God is wanting us, one, to see ourselves. Not so much be condemned, but to see ourselves and see how we're missing this thing. Is this making sense to you today? It says exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. I don't know about you, but that scares me. (laughs) I can't hide from God. I cannot hide from him. His word will do that. It will analyze me. It will sift me. It will expose me. But God is doing it for my good because as we do this for ourselves, then we become a better link to the world, a better guide to the world. And it goes on and says, and not a creature exists. Think about that, brothers and sisters. And not a creature exists that is concealed from his sight. But all things, all things are open and exposed, naked and defenseless to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And as much then as we have a great high priest who has already ascended, And pass through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession of faith in him. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and liability to the assaults of temptation. But one who has been tempted in every aspect as we are, yet without sinning. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners. 
that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. Will God be late? No. Will God help you right now? Yes. Guess what we need to do? We need to prepare ourselves. You know, I love this stuff because it makes us uncomfortable. And church is a place that you're supposed to be uncomfortable. Church is a place of change. Guess what? We need to change, church. God has proven to us beyond a shadow of a doubt that equality is his plan. Then he gives us these verses that allow us to walk a path that will help us reach this level of equality to understand what it is he really wants. And he says, I will expose you. I will sift you. I will analyze you. I will change your hearts and your attitudes if you come to me. Are we ready to do that? I'm going to close with this one last verse. I'm going to make it quick. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. It says, don't forget that you Gentiles, means everybody who wasn't a Jew, used to be outsiders. We talked about this last week. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews. We have a habit of calling folks names, don't we? (laughs) We have a habit of calling folks names so we can identify that group as the enemy or the low ones that we are, you know, we have supremacy over. So we have an opportunity to give names and this group's name and that group's name and that group's name. That's what we were doing and that's what they did here. Guess what? I don't care how many names you call somebody. God knows them as his child. Now, you can go ahead and fight with him if you want, but I think your arms are too short to box with God. Listen closely. It says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision they are proud of something that is outward proud of something that 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 that's not inward it was outward and we are proud of some stuff or have pride in some stuff that is outward and not inward and what is outward is worthless what is inward is what's really important so if your pride is in something outward and you know what i'm talking about you're making a mistake Stop. Listen closely. It says, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. Don't be proud of something that only affects your body and not your heart. I said, don't be proud of something that only affects your body and not your heart. So, how did we get here? God's roadmap is pretty simple, pretty straightforward. He already buried the hostility between the Jews and the Gentiles. He's already laid out his plan of one people. Brothers and sisters, I love you. And I thank God that you would spend the time with me today to listen to this. But hear me. It's time for us to accept God's word over man's. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your incredible ability to guide us and strengthen us and give us direction. But we also thank you, Father, for your word that is distinct and powerful. And we thank you, Father, that we no longer have to worry about the unknown God. 
You have described yourself from Genesis to Revelations, and we know exactly who you are and exactly what you want. So, Father, we ask that you sift us now and reveal to us what we need to change to understand that equality has always been your plan. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone say it. God bless you, brothers and sisters. We'll see you next week, and we'll continue this series one more week. God bless.